Welcome to Treasures of Truth, a daily broadcast from Monday through Friday, where we encourage you to come and study the Bible with us. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho, and your host is Pastor Rick DeMichael. This week, we're airing a message entitled, The One True God. And in this week's message, Pastor DeMichael will bring us a lesson about God Himself. Despite what others wish or say, the Bible is very clear that there is only one true God. While many other religions claim to have a version of God, the God of the Bible is the one and only true and living God. He is the creator of all things, and the good news is, He loves you very much, and He is worthy of our praise and our devotion. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you, and if you would like to hear today's message again or other messages by Pastor DeMichael, please stay tuned until the end of today's program for more information. And now your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael. John chapter 10 in, in verse 30, and Christ speaking here to the Jews, and he said, I and my Father are what? We, we, are, we are one. Not one in purpose, not one in heart, but one in substance, one in essence. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3, and this is the most... In spite of the many other references to Christ's deity, this is arguably the most direct. And wouldn't you know it, it was attacked in the New Bibles. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, and look at verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Now notice, the Bible calls it a mystery. Someone says, well, I can't understand how you can have three persons and they're one God. No, it's a mystery. I can't understand it either. But great is the mystery of godliness. Notice the next phrase. God was manifest in the flesh. All right? I'm going to give it to you from the New American Standard. New American Standard Version. And it says, And by common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh. Completely change it. Who is he who? If I might ask. God was manifest in the flesh, but it says, He who was revealed in the flesh. Uh, this, is the, this is the Revised Standard Version, the RSV, which if you were sick this year, you might have got that. The RSV virus. First um, Timothy 3.16, Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of our religion. He was manifested in the flesh. Well, yeah, we know that. But when you say God was manifest in the flesh, you're identifying him further. Arguably the most direct reference to the deity of Christ. You say, well, what do I do if it's not in my Bible? Get a new Bible. And the new Bible would be the old Bible, the King James 1611. Uh, this is the New International Version, which up until just recently, and in many cases, is still the Bible du jour in some apostate circles of Christianity. But in verse 16, it says, Beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in a body. Again, the direct reference to deity is gone. But the direct reference to deity is right here in your Bible. God was manifest in the flesh. Let's take our Bibles and turn to First. 
First John chapter five. First John chapter five. This portion of scripture and theology is called the Johannine comma. I won't bore you with why they call it that. But first John chapter five and verse seven. First John chapter five and verse seven. And there are three that bear record in heaven. Uh, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. These three are one. Now, I'm not going to bother to read through these because all three of these do essentially the same thing with that verse. But they eliminate verse 7 completely. Now, it would be more honest, it would be more honest of them if they just went from verse Five, six, and then go to eight and nine so you could see they, they, they took the verse out, but they don't do that. What they do is they take part of verse six and the bottom part of it and push it to verse seven and top part of verse eight and push it to verse seven and create a verse seven, but they leave the verse out. Now what you're looking at, if you look at verse seven in your Bible, you are looking at the most direct reference to the Trinity of the Godhead anywhere in Scripture. And wouldn't you know it, they've taken the verse out completely. Why do you suppose that is? Who do you think is behind that? It's not Hillary Clinton. It's not the Democratic Party. It's not the communists. It's not the Republicans. It's not a big... Folks, it's the devil. He has directly attacked who God is and who his son is. And the essence of his his being, the fact that he is that I am. Uh, tonight we're going to have a baptism service, and I hope you'll join us. We're going to have a couple really delightful situations that I think you'll get a blessing from. But uh, Matthew chapter 28, where Christ says to baptize all nations in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. They go down one time, but in the name of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 1. Speaking of Christ in verse 5, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. Now watch verse 8. But unto the son he saith, This is God the Father speaking to the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, Thy throne, what's the next two words? O God is forever and ever, a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. God the Father calls the Son God. What could be stronger than that? In the end, what do we say to these things? Well, there's so much we could say to these things. And we could speak so much to the issue of redemption, although when you bring up Christ, you're you're certainly at least indirectly saying that. But let's look at John chapter 4 and notice something that Jesus said to the woman at the well and remind ourselves of this. It's something that we've been trying to keep in the forefront lately. And it's so critical. You know, what about this God that always existed and it was self-sustaining? Why did he make us? Why did he make us? You know, I, I think, just to be real down to earth about it, I think God could hang with himself eternally and not get bored. Someone once asked, where was God before creation? And the answer is that he was in his glory. 
There was nothing else, folks. There was no earth. There were no planets. There were no stars. Those were made over there in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning. Oh, by the way, the beginning of time. So prior to that, there was no time. There was just eternity. There just was, always was, always is, and always will be. See if you can wrap your head around that one. There's no universe. There's no people. There's no planets. There's no heaven. There's just God. Maybe there's no space. There's just God. And so if there's no space, where is he? He's in his glory. For all eternity past. He's not bored. Don't think him bored. He just wants to share his love with somebody. So he creates us in his image. Now, folks, you'll search hard and high and you'll search hard and far and wide through every philosophy, every other religion on the face of the earth, outside of the Bible, and you won't come up with anything as close to that. You'll come up with mythology. You'll, you'll come up with things that man's, in his own mental capacity, could come up with. But you'll see the finiteness of it. You, you'll, you'll see the, the humanness of it. And you'll miss the grandeur of this. John chapter 4. So in the end, what's the conclusion? What's our response? Look at verse 23. Speaking to the woman at the well, that the hour cometh, Jesus said, and now is. When the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now watch this last phrase. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. He wanted to share his love. And he wanted someone to be thankful for that love given to them. So he created us in his image. And what's he asking for us today? Look at verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1. When you, when you consider how inexpensive, let me put it to you that way. When you consider how inexpensive it is that God wants from us, it's a wonder that we're so loath to freely give it. But look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. And look at verse 17. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. We want to thank you for joining us today for Treasures of Truth, and it is our hope and prayer that today's program was truly a blessing to you. You've been listening to a message entitled, The One True God, by Pastor Rick DeMichael. And in this week's lessons, Pastor DeMichael has brought us a great reminder that not only is there only one true God, but that this God loves you and He sent His Son Jesus Christ to die for your sins so that you can spend an eternity in heaven with that one true God. But if you don't know for sure that you will be going to heaven to be with that God when this life is over, we invite you to contact the offices of Treasure Valley Baptist Church so we can help you know for sure that your eternal destiny will be with God Himself. He is inexpressibly glorious and has a love for you that you wouldn't believe. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, if you would like to hear this or other messages by Pastor DeMichael, 
feel free to visit our website at tvbc.org. That's tvbc.org. And you can also visit our YouTube page or follow us on Facebook for more information. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho. And we would love for you to come join us in our services, which begin with Sunday school at 930, followed by the morning service at 1045. We also have a Sunday evening service at 545. And of course, all of the services have fully staffed nurseries available for young children, as well as interactive and exciting kids programs for all ages, including junior high, high school, and college-aged groups. And don't forget our Wednesday night service at 7 o'clock, which has the Master's Club program during the school year for the kids, and a Bible study at the same time for the adults over in the auditorium. We hope to see you soon at Treasure Valley Baptist Church, and may God bless you.